to another episode of Three Wise DMs, the podcast for three dungeon masters. We've been doing this for <laughs> way too long. Talk about all the things we do to try to make our games as good as they can be. I'm Thorne, and I'm joined by... Tony. Meticulous planning, tenacity spanning, decades of denial is simply while I'll be king undisputed, respected, saluted, and seen for the wonder I am. Yes, my teeth and ambitions are bad. Be prepared. He went lying. Wow. That wow. was actually really good. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for knowing what it was. And I thought it was really appropriate for Be Prepared, but also because it's sung by Scar. And in Curse of Strahd, we also have Sir Scar. So there you go. (laughs) Six degrees of separation. And now I'm going to visualize your brother as a lion with a lisp for the rest of the campaign. (laughs) Yeah, singing in a beautiful, rich baritone. And with, with Scar, as Scar singing Be Prepared, that is, of course, the rock and roll DM, DM Dave. Woo! That was, that was actually, that was, that was, uh, that was one of your better ones, I think. You really hit those, you really hit that note. It's, it was right in my wheelhouse, you know, that nice Broadway baritone, you know. I just wish there I had go. gotten some uh, hyenas in there to, like, you do some backup lyrics for you. So I remember back in the, so here's, here's my little aside. Because this has been happening for the episode, so this will be a new thing. So, little aside, my vocal coach that I was going to years ago, because I had I had had like this weird like uh, you know laryngitis thing and kind of lost my voice. I had to retrain it. So I was going to a vocal coach, and she had me singing nothing but Robert Goulet songs from early Broadway. Like she was like, "This is your wheelhouse. This is where you lie." And I'm like, "All right. I mean, I guess I'm Bob Goulet." I don't like I only know him from Will Ferrell, but okay, yeah. That's it. I think that that that, that ruins the rock and roll DM. You're 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 now the uh, you know the biggest show show person of the. I, I was waiting to hear Mel Torme. I mean, geez. Ooh, the Velvet Fog. Yes. <laughs> Where's Judge Harry Stone when you need him? But we are quite far afield at this Very point. Far. So let's railroad this podcast back to where we wanted it to be, which is on preparation. And is the is the classic advice, don't overprepare, which we've said many times on the show, is that actually bad advice? And where this comes from is Ginny D, the the uh, YouTuber, uh, cosplayer, uh, DM, DM, you know, DM advice giver. She has a video on YouTube right now, released a little earlier this week, saying, you know, it, this is the worst DM advice people give to not over prepare so yeah she made some really good points she's got some really interesting things to say about it i definitely recommend you checking out that video and i mean you probably know her because she's she's got like four hundred thousand followers but if you don't it's it's uh Ginny Ginny d g-i-n-n-y uh d-i on youtube and you can check out her stuff she makes some great advice videos as well as kind of just enter- entertainment type stuff so definitely check that out I think we need to we need to talk about this because we have said on multiple occasions don't over prepare. And what do you guys think? You know, her point is that this is not just she's not just saying this is not great advice. She's not just saying it's not helpful. She's saying this is like the worst advice new DMs get. She got it as a new DM and actually it took her a long time to kind of unlearn it and find what and find her level of prep that was comfortable for her. What do you guys think? I mean, we all watched the video. Do you think she has a point? I think there's definitely a point to that where 
if you're a new DM, it's very easy to get lost in details that aren't specifically what is pertinent to the story. That makes a lot of sense. However, I absolutely never said never over prepare. And for my one shot I just ran, I <laughs> what had about 20 towns? pages of notes. What about towns, Tony? Uh, we've, yeah, well, it's, <laughs> there's really few towns in my world. There was an apocalypse and there was road closings. You can't reach them. You have definitely said don't over prepare in reference to towns. That, that's, actually, that's actually one of your, uh, it's been one of your pieces of advice. Yeah, well, no, I, I actually liked uh, when Tony said, um, he sent that over to us earlier and said, check it out. I, I liked it, actually. I mean, as, aside from the original clickbait of it, right? The worst DM <laughs> advice ever, right? But she really did then go in and break it up into what are we really talking about and why it's not necessarily helpful. Uh, and I appreciated that because don't over prepare. Well, like, what are we talking about? That Does that cover literally every aspect of running the game? Don't prepare anything. Just walk in and just go, okay, guys, uh, go. And you're supposed to somehow have this story ready, you know, this adventure ready. Yeah, and it's, you know, she makes a lot of good points, even though I am one of the first people to say don't overprepare. Uh, and you know, one of the things that really struck me about it was that, you know, she, you know, you always hear don't over, she says, basically you always hear don't over prepare from new, more experienced DMS and that for her. And she is, she is someone she says in the video, you know, for her preparing, you know, she does, you, she likes lists. She likes organization. She likes preparation. She likes her tabbed binders. She likes to have all that stuff ready. So she always feels prepared because when she doesn't feel prepared going into a game, she feels anxious. She doesn't put on a good show and it doesn't, it doesn't work for her. So one of the things she got to in this is that by hearing that so early, I tried to not over prepare as a young DM, as a new DM. And what she found was that it led to bad experiences. She wasn't enjoying it. And it, it took her a, a little bit to figure out, OK, no, I need this level of preparation. This makes this fun for me. And I can understand some older DMs not under, not 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 getting that because I'm certainly one of them. You know, I, you know, we, we talk all the time. I'm totally improv DM. The truth is we've also talked about some of the preparation that goes in there that maybe I don't count the, the thinking of the story and what's going to happen when you're doing other things kind of stuff. But I'm not someone who's going to go in and kind of make the binder and, and, and map everything out. And for me as a DM, part of the reason for that is because while I saw other DMs do that one, I, I, one of the things in Tony's group was, yeah, you get together and I'll just throw a game in five minutes. No problem. And he kind of felt like, okay, well, I need to be able to do that in order to do this. Mm. The other thing was the other breed of DM that you found was super, their world was so deep and so much lore. And that became a thing of, well, that's too much. You know, that's not a level of background information that I want to get into. We were talking to people who have effectively written books in order to run their games in. And that I found was very intimidating. And it almost felt like, you know, perspectives change over time. And Ginny D's perspective is everyone says don't prepare, but I had to prepare. So that was bad advice. When I came into the game, everyone said, yeah, you've got to have a book like Tolkien. Like you've got to know the backstory on every tree branch in order to run a game or it's not deep enough. So that's an intimidating, that's intimidating in a different direction. And for me, I had to lighten that up to be able to run a game because I didn't, you know, I was never going to write that much stuff, that much background uh, game material. I was going to get together Thursday night and just have a game with everybody else and have fun with it. And that to me was part of why, you know, don't over prepare is good advice because you wind up talking to people who treat DMing like a job and you just want to get together and have fun. And it's making clear to the DM, like you can just get together and have fun. You know, you fast forward a couple decades 
and you wind up in a spot where, well, telling me I just I don't need to prepare is actually intimidating advice and not good advice. And now, you know, I'm less intimidated when I do prepare, uh, which to me is kind of interesting, kind of an interesting cultural shift uh, as we look at the whole timeline here. Well, if you I kind of think of my own DMing experiences where I, I would get up talking and I wasn't super prepared. And then you have the people who are like, ah, 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 and they're fucking with you while you're doing this. I guarantee you this probably happened to her at some point in her career. Those really good players you cherish who like are looking for that laugh at the table. And you're like, you know what? This is never going to happen again. And after like, you know, the second or third time you come, then you have your routine and it's tight. So when I have 20 pages worth of notes and I have it on my phone and we're doing that, you know what? I look at maybe 20% of that while I'm playing because I've got this down. It's not like I have this memorized, but I know where all the beats to these things truly are. Now, if we're playing for a very limited period of time because, you know, how these games are spaced out, so the games are relatively short, you absolutely don't need that depth. Positively not. In like a four-hour game once a month, they're not looking for that. And you know what? Even if they are, it's unfortunate because you really don't have a super great opportunity to explore it. True. Four hours is pretty tight. And we kind of play, you know, we play one, we play once to twice a week, but they are mostly four hour, four or five hour sessions. They're not, we're not doing eight, 12 hour marathon games anymore. Yeah. But I mean, uh, like uh, I'm going back to my original point too, is that like, she makes that point of saying, you know, don't over prepare, you know, everybody, you, you go on like D&D 5e beginners or something on Facebook, yeah. right? And you can say, yeah, constantly, and it's awesome to see, hey, you're going to be running my first session tonight, any advice, you know? And it's always like, have fun, be relaxed, it's cool, everything's going to be okay if they're laughing, everything's going fine, right? All the normal stuff we all say. And a lot of them are like, the don't over prepare. And it's like, okay, but she makes that point. Of, and that's where I really liked it when she started to break it out. She said, well, what does that mean? Does that mean don't over prepare uh, my combat encounters, uh, my NPCs, my map mapping, map, 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 map making. <laughs> you can do it, Dave. Jesus Christ. I just did a Broadway number and I can't even say map making. Um, <laughs> right. All of the different things that might go into what's happening, you know, a mystery that's that's supposed to happen. Right. Uh, a murder mystery that you're running. You know, there's a level of prep that's happening. But what does that look like? And then she goes. So my first point with this is I said this precast too it reminds me of like a lot of football fans you know mm -hmm. casual football fans they want to sound really smart so they learn a couple phrases and they just pepper them into the conversation and once you start watching football and watching the games you go oh you don't know what the fuck you're talking about you're just saying what you've heard other people say it's almost like Oh, you watch the actual Pat, commentators, like, right? Like I, yeah, there's a few Patty. commentators I call out for this, frankly, right? right they're, yeah, they're like, all in professional football games. Like when I was playing Madden, right? And they would just like, they'd have like the Jim Nance voice come on and be like, well, it's a passing league. And like, well, yeah, but like that doesn't really go into anything of that's helpful for like an offensive coordinator, let's say, right? There's like, there, there's like six different schools of passing out there. What kind of passing are they doing? Right. So I, I appreciated how she started to say, well, there's a lot that goes into running the game. So do are we saying don't over prepare any of it or over prepare some of it and under prepare other parts? Uh, and that she went into that whole idea of don't railroad is a good piece of that that's that's coming out where like a lot of people who are over preparing are trying to 
decide how the players are. They're almost like trying to premeditate. How are the players going to react to every situation I'm placing them towards? And then the other thing was, which I think is even a more important one, is don't waste prep time. And this goes back to, ah, what, maybe two, three episodes ago, we were literally just talking about this, about how do you properly utilize your time in your style? Because she even goes into saying her style evolved over time and continues to with what level of prep do I need to feel comfortable to run the game that I like to run, you know? But Thorne, you made a great point there too that we we talked about again in that same episode uh, a couple episodes ago that we don't want to make DMing seem this like arduous and unfun like oh my god I'm yeah. taking on a career if I decide to want to run a game one Friday night like holy crap you know I think that's a really good point too and that can that can feel that way if you're if you feel like you have to prepare all of this stuff. And just for the record, that the, the podcast you're talking about was our April 24th episode, DM Hacks and Tricks to Make Running D&D Less Tedious and More Fun, which was also actually in response to a uh, Twitter conversation we were in. Yeah, um, that's right. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, you get involved in these conversations, some interesting things start, start coming up. Now, for me, so much of this, you know, when we first started this podcast, we talked about the idea of the servant DM a little bit. Mm. You know, the idea that you have the DM who comes into the game and they aren't necessarily doing it for them. They're not necessarily telling their story. They're totally, they're totally focused on how can I make this fun for the players? What do my players want? And some people are very gratified by that. But I think for me, you know, that's not my style of DMing, right? You know, I'm coming in there to talk to 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 work with people to tell the story to to basically have fun in a fantasy setting. But I want my side of the game to work the way I want my the the, the way the way it's going to work or the way I, the way I had it planned out. Not only planned out, but I want my I want to play with the things I want to play with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is what it comes down to. And many a lot of DM advice I find is overly focused on you have to put on a great game. You have to be a, you have to put on a great you know maybe not a show, but you got to make sure everyone's interested. You got to make sure everyone's laughing. You got to like it's all on you to provide an interesting game. And part of the reason I say don't overprepare is because I don't think it should be all in the DM to provide an interesting game. You need both sides to be game for the game. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got to be up for it and want to be there. So part of my take on don't overprepare ties into that, which is, you know, you're, you don't necessarily have anything to prove coming to the table. You're giving people a chance to play a game that they probably wanted to play and probably did not have the opportunity to play if you weren't doing it. So it really to me comes down to not making it a job and not making it something like not making it a huge responsibility that you have to come and bring your A game every session. Because I think, you know, while it's great, you know, and Ginny, and Ginny D is a professional DM. She's, she's talked about, she recently DM'd at a castle uh, at a professional, in a, in a, in a yeah. professional capacity, which is actually really cool. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, if you're talking to, let's you know, friends getting together to play the game, just people hanging out and playing D and D that's a different level of commitment, I think. And I think we fall into the trap of feeling the DM's got to do a ton of prep. The DM's got to carry this whole game. The DM's got to bring this great show and you're responsible for keeping everyone engaged and you're responsible for making sure they all have fun. You're responsible for making sure they're all laughing and that they're tied into the drama and they're paying attention. And part of my point across the, uh, the history of uh, three wise DMs has been, you're not, that doesn't all fall on the DM's shoulders. Everyone's got to bring that attitude to the game where they want to do it. So when I'm thinking, don't over prepare part of what I'm thinking is, also, it's a, from a responsibility point of view, don't feel like that's all on your shoulders. I mean, if you're, we want to be a professional DM, that's different. 
you know? Oh, yeah, someone's paying you to run the game. It is all on your shoulders. You're basically a professional performer. That's a different thing. But I, to me, it feels like if you're just kind of hanging out with your friends, you can step back a little bit, play it a little more by ear, not spend 20 hours prepping for the game. And I think the expectation should not be that you do. And that's really where I'm getting at from it. Um, it's not, it has nothing to do from my point of view with, you know, I'm not telling people don't railroad. I am telling you don't waste prep because time is precious. And God knows, I'm, you know, I don't have a ton of it outside of the game to, to, to spend on the game. But it's, you know, also don't feel overly responsible for you got to make this whole thing work because everyone's got to come in and, and work together to have a great game. So uh, a good game really is like any given good story. I feel like X amount of time should go in there as much as it's needed to make it good. So you really have to put that uh, certain amount in there in the secret sauce, then certainly uh, invest in that. Actually, I think out of the three of us, my style is probably the most similar to hers because I, so, I yeah. because I feel like when I have my prep and I have everything together and I'm on, then I really have the most fun and everything gels and it all clicks and I'm hitting all the beats and that can focus on the other smaller details that really suck everybody in. But it's easy to prepare in the incorrect places and spend more areas where you should be focused the lion's share of your energy on, like the story. If you're taking you're tracking time away from the story or key events and other things, like you're now worried about what – okay, I, I'm mapping out every NPC in the bar. What's their story? Like if you're trying to plan, if everybody walks up to each individual patron and you have three lines for each one of them, then like you're, you're mapping out how many potatoes are in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is indeed a beginner's trap in that respect as far as railroad go goes my games have a scene structure and that's really like the key points where the game can flow to and that's for all the beats that i can see and if you want to off-road in any way go nuts but this is the clearest path it just gets a hell of a lot more difficult in other directions I will say, you know, it, when you say you, you're probably the most, you probably have the prep that's most like uh, Jeannie D's. I agree. And and one of the things she said to kind of remind me of something you said to me before too, which is that, you know, when you're not prepared, you're not enjoying the game. Like there's a little bit of that, a, a little bit of that anxiety of, of anxiety of I haven't prepped enough for you. That kind of, that, that kind of, that, that will get in there and kind of make it harder for you and you won't enjoy it as much. Right. Uh, actually. Yeah. That that's pretty yeah. spot on because you, first of all, you do want to have an excellent presentation. I mean, that's what we're here for. Are, are you expected to put this gold medal performance together every single game where people are leaving and they're like, wow, I'm going to think about this game for the next four days? Maybe not. <laughs> but you, you want to really – this is what we're here for. You, you really want to do your A product just because, you know, you're, you're in it to win it. But if you're late, if you're going to be tripped up with details and you feel like well, you're like, oh, shit. And it's like an hour before the game. And you're like, oh, I have a plot hole. I have to resolve. That's not a good feeling for sure. That's true. And I guess, you know, for me, it's funny because I, I do feel anxiety coming into the game. And we're going to talk a real talk. I mean, I think every DM feels a little bit of a performance, a performance anxiety coming into a game. Almost everyone. You know, they'll tell you they don't. You do, because you are you are leading a group. And even when I say you shouldn't feel that responsibility, part of where I'm coming from is that I'd rather, like, I, I, I deal with that by reducing that feeling of responsibility and by reducing that feeling of, oh, i got to put so much work in. And I've done it enough where I've seen, you know, I have a lot of confidence in that if I, if I have minimal preps, as long as I know structure-wise what I want to have happen, the rest I'll fill in on the fly. And I've done that often enough, both professional, yeah, both in my professional career and in gaming, that that's kind of my way. 
right? I'm very comfortable with that because I've seen myself be successful with it. I would argue I've actually seen myself be more successful not prepping them with prep. You know, someone who's listened to the long arc of the series may bring up that I had one game that kind of fell apart. And I've had a couple sessions in our Woodstock Wanderers <laughs> games where things have had really negative, like where people didn't enjoy it, where people didn't enjoy the game and I had a lot of feedback. We had some talks. Those were the sessions I put the most prep into. <laughs> I think you were drunk for one of them. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because that's the thing for me is like I've I find personally with my style, the more I prep and the more I lock in before I go in and the less I'm playing read and react the worse it tends to go for me because my talents lie more in the off the cuff improvisation, engaging players individually and getting players to engage with each other and with what's going on in a real time, very natural fashion, not on the clock. So part of that is dealing with that anxiety myself though, because I've seen this enough that I, I know not to feel bad about it now. So that's why I know that's why I would say don't over prep because in, in my experience, I've done better when I don't prep than what I do. I don't know, Dave, what do you, uh, what do you think of it? No, yeah, there's a lot of lot of great stuff there that I actually I would love to comment on. <laughs> Here we go. So, um, first, I really love that like things like what we're doing here, uh, what Jenny D is doing, what Kayla was doing on on Twitter, like what a lot of people, Colville, all, all of these these uh, all of our personalities coming out and talking about this in a way that lets people like you know listen in for longer than just like a tweet response. I love that we're starting these conversations because that is what has completely shifted my style of DMing over this past two years. Uh, I mean, one, because we've been gaming, as we've said, a lot more. So the more you do something, the more you're going to start to to see what you what you do well, what you don't, what you need. Um, because I now know the things I need to prep. I need to have, like Tony, like I absolutely will not feel good if I run into places where I'm like, I was going to fucking prep that and I didn't. And I got to remember to prep that type of thing, whatever it might be. There's something that I need to have to make my world feel more the way I want it to feel. Not everything, right? Like I talked about some of the hacks that I've taken from, from Thorin, from Tony, from people like Mike Shea that I have started to kind of put into the stew that's been turning into my style. Uh, I will say, in terms of with Ginny, uh, I can totally feel, I think, where she's coming from. She makes no uh, apologies for her love of Critical Role, probably what brought yeah. her back into gaming. I actually liken it here. So, you know, uh, I was, as a kid, I played, right? And then there was that long period where I didn't, and then I came back into gaming. So it's almost like when I was a kid, I was watching wrestling. It was the Hogan era, right? And it was a different <laughs> era. You know, it was just starting to become the WWF and all this kind of stuff and big stuff, WrestleMania, right? I came back in and watched wrestling for like two years later on in my 20s when it was the rock era. And you want to talk about completely different ways of approaching the the uh, the spectacle that is professional wrestling, Hogan and the rock complete. And it's almost like if when I came back in to gaming, I came back in at the advent of things like critical role and and all of this other stuff that has this wild performance aspect that really resonates with me as is evidence with me singing every goddamn intro for the last <laughs> 94 episodes or maybe not 80 some episodes the first couple i didn't have it yet you know i was a stage crew guy not the not, not right the, you're the behind the scenes right exactly so <laughs> i want to be out there i don't i like hamming it up i like 
you know, uh, talking in funny voices. I like having these big stories, you know, having this drama or try to have this drama. So I do some of that stuff. So I want to prepare that. But I see where I used to over prepare those things and where it, it limited my game, you know. And as to the performance anxiety before a game, absolutely. I will say it's similar to uh, what Bruce Springsteen has said. Uh, he still gets butterflies in his stomach before every single show. He just realizes now that it's excitement. It's not, I don't know if I can do this. Like you were saying, Thor, you know you can do it. I just don't know what it's going to look like when I get out there, right? <laughs> like, But I know, I know my skill set. I know, you know, and that's, uh, again, going back to, to Jenny D's point, that's what she was talking about. She was able to go back and start to find out the things that, this is what I need to prepare. These are the things that I need to make my game run the way I would like it to run. You know, yeah. and I think all three of us exactly do that. We just prepare different things. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, and that is one of the one of the points she she made is that, you know, prepare, do the level of prep that's right for you, which is absolutely true. Like there is no if you feel like you need it, if if you feel like you want that level of prep, if this is building the world you want to run, do it. Yeah. And I can understand, though, too, because she also makes the point in the video that, you know, yeah, you could have told her that then. But what she heard was don't over prepare. And what she internalized was if you over prepare, you're a bad DM. Mm. You know, if, you're, if you have to work that hard at it, you're a bad DM. And that's not the case at all. Uh, I understand how that message gets through that way, because, yeah. like I said, if you're talking to someone like like, you know, old grognards like us, it was a different attitude gaming in the in the 90s than it is gaming in the 2020s. You know, and that, I think, has a lot of uh, changes of perspective on it as well. I mean, that was a little more you were talking Gen X. Gen X is the, you know, anti-effort generation. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, even right. before, I mean, even before you have people like um, I think a great example is uh, Professor Dungeon Master on Dungeon Craft. He's about as grognard as you can get that still is alive and talking about it. Right. Um <laughs> He's not YouTube or podcasting yet, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he kind of, he tries to marry those two things, but show where it shows the difference in attitude and how, how you're approaching the game and the type of game you want, you know, you want to run and your players want to, to play in, you know, I do think the amount of prep you put in does influence the kind of game you run though, too. Like one of the reasons I put in a little, I put in less prep is also my games run more slowly. You know, if you compare what we get through in my games to what we get through in Tony's games, mm. you'll get through a lot more material in Tony's game and move the football faster than in my game. The difference is in my game, I'm going to throw a lot of stuff back at the players and what do you want to do? How do you want to approach it? How do you want to talk about it? Talk amongst yourselves. I kind of want to explore the scene more and what's going on and what the characters want to do and, and how they want to approach things and how things can go wrong for them more than I want to move the football forward. You know, I'm not kind of in a rush to complete the story necessarily. Also, I'm working off my own story. So it's not like I'm trying to get through it in a module and move on. And I, I'm, I'm creating intentional areas where I don't know what's going to happen because I want to find out what the players decide their characters do. Mm. And I want to let the players interact with each other. And when my gaming is going the best, it's the it's very player driven. It's it's very much, okay, the players are in this situation how do you solve your, you know, you're, you're in a bear trap. How do you get your ass out of it? Very much what I'm trying to do. And that is a lower prep style of game to play in. 
because, you know, I'm putting more pressure on the on the players to come up with how does this unfold than I am prepping and doing it myself. And that's not just I'm not just saying that from the point of view of anti-railroading. Tony's games railroad a lot. They're great. It's it's less the railroading I'm worried about and more the I want to see what my players do, because that's kind of the fun part for me. You know, I want I want to see what the rats do in my maze. Well, each scene that I put together has an opportunity uh, in any different direction or how they want to handle it. However, it's my job to arrange that meeting and give that opportunity and then kind of manage to be like, okay, well, you know, this one scene perhaps isn't supposed to take an hour and a half. That's just the way I look at it. Uh, you know, there, and, there, and I did write something about there's you don't want to kill some scenes. Like people are really having the time of their friggin' life. Even if this is off, this is not what you planned. Let it ride. And that's true. But that's case. I mean, that's case. also a corner case. Like that's happened a f- couple times over the many years I've gamed with you. You know, never yeah. to me, but you've talked about it. It's like one like that's a corner case. That's not what usually happens. It 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 has happened. People, you know, don't don't want to give up the ship and they're having the great time and don't want to move on. And, you know, you, you let them have that moment. I guess the question is, how do you determine, especially if you're a new DM, what does uh, over preparing look like? And if I guess if you don't know when you're in that situation, you're like, crap, well, I don't want to over prepare, but I don't want to under prepare. Where am I? I would prepare pretty solidly and then go into a little bit more prepared than you need to be and then scale back as needed in your next games. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the reasons that I've shared on several occasions in some of the articles uh, that we put up. Uh, my session notes and how they've kind of changed and evolved over time. So in essence, the the structure that I uh, that I use for every game uh, that I am constantly adapting and, and updating as, you know, between games. So once the game ends, I'm already beginning, okay, this is where we ended. All right, what's the setup? What yeah. is, what are my secrets and clues that I'm going to use? What are the encounters that they're going to run into? And depending on what those things look like is my level of prep. You know, um, it's, you know, when you guys were heading into, um, so you, you would, let's take a perfect example. You guys had defeated Strahd, right? And we talked about how you, you discovered the ways and the standing stones became this way to, to in essence, travel throughout the, the, the universe into the different planes of existence the four cities, blah, 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 blah. And we ended where I had that happen, right? The, the, the stones turned into this wood panel room with the four doors, the ivory uh, staircase that led upwards into obviously the Feywild, and then the trap door that would lead into the Shadowfell. And that's where we ended. So next session, I had to do a level of prep because I did not know where you were going to go. You know, and if you decided to go up into the Feywild, cool. All right. Which you did at the end of the session. And I went, but they can walk back down the stairs. So what am I, so I had to have We're not, some, I'm not going to do that to you because I know how, I know how frustrating that is. But you know, I'm but, stick with my commitment. but that's a perfect example. It was a level of depending on what is happening for that session is going to change what I feel for my game. I need to feel prepared to offer the the open world that I want to try to create while still having some uh, some ability to to control what's happening and understand and, and respond to you in, in a proper way. 
Well, you know, it's 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 funny because you know one part, one piece of prep I do find to be absolutely essential is the time you spend thinking about the session you just ended immediately after it ended. Yeah, oh. because from there, that is when you're freshest and most connected to what they just did. And if you can sketch out in your head, okay, well, here's where I think this is heading and how I'm going to play that and how I'm going to handle it, then you have a big you, – you, you have less to prep. You basically – you close down the options. Okay, I only got to prep. I only got to have to worry about what happens if they do this. I don't have to worry about what happens if they do all these other things, which is why you know, I would definitely recommend – Trying to get your if if you're in an open world situation, you're in a situation where you don't know what's going to happen next. Try to get your players to make that decision either at the table before you leave, or pretty quickly online in discussion afterward, like you get in the chat or something. Because if you can get them, if if you're coming into the game, even as an improv DM like me, if you're I'm coming into the game where the players can go anywhere in the world, open any door. There's too much, to, even even as an improver, there's too much to be ready for, mm. you know, because there's times, you know, I might not spend a lot of time kind of writing things down and making lists and stuff like that, but I am definitely throughout the the the, inter, the, the time between games thinking about, okay, well, they're going to do this, so what am I going to do about that, you know, or where are they going to go, or how, you know, who are they going to meet there, or what are, what are their goals? I spend a lot of time thinking naturalistically about what are the goals of the NPCs involved in the game. Cause that tends to drive a lot of the role play. And if I don't know which general direction they're going, we've had some games like that and they do tend to be like, well, the first part of the game is going to be you guys figuring out where you're going. And then we're going to take a little, you know, a little break. <laughs> go get some coffee while yeah, I go, figure go, out what I'm going to do. 10, go get your coffee, go take <laughs> go get a snack. And then we're going to move on from there because yeah. if it's wide open, you, you, that's too much. I think for either, for either way to kind of handle, unless you're totally pre prepping your world. So, I mean, if, if there's one thing that I would say is like a really useful part of prep, it's that. It's the player side of it. Figure out, you know, get them to commit to what they're going to do and hold them to it <laughs> so they don't turn around and walk back down the stairs. So, I mean, as far as the open world approach, like, it's great to be like, hey, you can go anywhere and do anything. However, you're in a story which is moving from place to place. And no matter what's going on, you probably only a few options really seem palatable to the group, logically speaking. And there's no way to really prepare for everything. So, for example, we opened the ways of Curse and Strahd. What if we all had a powwow and we're like, hey, we all thought this out. And, Dave, we want to go to the elemental plane of water because we decided this. Like, we, just, mm-hmm. you know, there's some great sights there. You know, yeah, One of I want to see really Ariel like the adults. Mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, then you're like, yeah, let's do that. And, you know, at that point, I wouldn't expect you to, like, really run this deep, mysterious because you know what? You can't run a drama or a mystery off the cuff. That's not going to happen. I mean, yeah. really. I mean, you could run I, some encounters, some interesting background. but No, and I agree. And I think I think that's a good point, Tone, because, again, it's partly the style of your DMing, as we've been talking about. But I think it's also partly the type of campaign you're running. So in the Woodstock Wanderers, for instance, right? Thorn, as we ta- we talked about many times, but just for context, we began in the town of Woodstock, which was a little consortium town that was on the, the edge of the forest. This nameless forest. Everyone had forgotten what it was or or anything about it. Um, for the record, wizards did that. Wizards did that. <laughs> that wasn't um, just a natural oversight. Wizards did that. And we, you know, there were things that were happening in that town, but very quickly we were kind of. Uh, we were guided towards, oh, well, there's almost like a jobs board type of thing. And, oh, well, there's some miners missing and we're we're hoping to, you know, you can you can go save them and you get some reward. Yay, whatever. Right. Your normal first adventure. And then we headed out into the nameless forest. 
And as we discussed on the show for a long time, which is a totally different kind of campaign because that is very much a type of exploratory dungeon delving, um, finding out about what's happening in the world out there, encounter to encounter. You come upon a ruins, you come upon a goblin fort, you come up, right? These are totally different kind of campaign, much more of, I, if, I would say, kind of more of a classic-y style of D&D, you know, very Gygax in that way. You know, you're just kind of out there and you're going and you're killing shit. And then little by little, this bigger story began to emerge. Now, Storm King's Thunder, Curse of Strahd, we're starting a campaign that's already front-ending a lot of lore, a lot of this dramatic story that's unfolding that you're now embroiled in, right, with these larger-than-life characters and, and villains and such. That plays a lot differently in terms of, for me, what I need to prepare the next time, because as you guys go bigger, you killed Strahd, right? You you freed Barovia. You got to go bigger now. You can't just go to like, okay, and now we're just, it has to be like, it's the ways and you're going into the elemental planes and there's these cities and they're all in, embroiled in different conflicts and there's there's bigger uh, villains on the horizon. So, it, you know, I've kind of built that level of story already. So it now kind of requires that for that type of campaign. Does that make sense in what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's the more that you have. Like what I'll say is like right now in, for instance, with Woodstock Wanders, the current last, let's say 10 sessions or so where we have now been involved in kingdoms, in Kings and Castellans and mages and politics between the countries, very different style game than, you know, the 12 levels prior to that, right? Yeah. Very different, which requires, even though you still improv it, you still have to be like, okay, wait, which was that king? That's King Garolin the Just. Okay, that different level of of preparation is, is uh, you have to prep different things for that type of game than you do for the, the hack and slash kind of thing. Yeah, and but I mean, I would say, and, and honestly, that was something when I did, so Woodstock was a setting that I had done for two different games at the same time. Yeah. And it was it was my own setting, and there are elements of the broad setting that are a little sh- that that are definitely a little shallow as far as like you know there's these kingdoms they're called the Gothic kingdoms. There's this town it's called Woodstock. There, there is a, a reason for some of that built into there, but I'm not Absolutely. sure it feels. You know, I think there's depth in there, but I'm, you know, it, it was about my first 5e campaign, and, I, and there there's parts of it that's like, all right, let's 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 get to something else, and I can build a different kind of world. Uh, <laughs> but, but even there, you know that prep is just sitting down and kind of just writing out a little bit of story. Like yeah. I have like two, two pages of notes I went into that game with and a general idea that I was probably going to wind up, I was going to, you know, have some jobs around and they're probably going to wind up fighting goblins. You know, so yeah. I mean, all right. So I have the goblin page in the book over. No, actually, no, it wasn't goblins. It was, it was boars at first. So I was actually totally improv from, from that point on. Like I sketched out what was in Woodstock. I did not draw a map of Woodstock. I had already sketched out what was the world, like kind of the, the regional map with kind mm-hmm. of who was what. But I sketched that out because Tony was a wizard in one of those kingdoms. So as we played that kingdom, like as we played Tony's character, I filled in details. King Garrel on the Just. All right, write down. Try not to forget you called him King Garrel on the Just. But you're literally, I'm just improving and, and taking notes as I improv to try Which to I not forget say, the details. I did. I do like that name though. I did like King Garrel on the Just. That was a. <laughs> I, I did. I did like that one. Yeah. Thank you. 
Um, you know, that's but that's kind of like when you get into, you know, like you said, the different styles of games. But the truth is, I don't feel like I prepped that much more for the games now than then, even though I am running more of a political intrigue. I mean, we ran a political intrigue where the other campaign, the the, the, the other the other group in that had to infiltrate Talantia, which is the the enemy kingdom of Nuscovy. And as they came to find out, was actually in line with Strahd and was right. allowing Strahd to turn a large portion of their population into undead. And that sounds like something I prepped a lot for, and it wasn't. <laughs> I, I generally knew what Strahd's goals were, so I knew what was happening there. Yeah, Strahd is working with them, and they're, they're, there's a base here where they're going to get to you. If they, if they make it all the way up, they'll eventually get to a spot where they find out what Strahd's doing. But there was a whole infiltration thing of them pretending to be from another kingdom, having their papers in order, conning guards, conning custom people who are basically like the Gestapo, kind of trying to keep outsiders out of the kingdom so that no one found out. That was 100% off the cuff. And there was oh, absolutely. camping, there was... Like, no, like there was it, yeah, and there's I don't a lot think of stuff you could there. prepare for that. I don't think you could prepare for that. And that's where I think it really boils down to, is the level of prep that is required is going to differ DM to DM in terms of um, like Talantia, right? Because that's mm-hmm. what they were invading, right? That, or they were they were coming in to to try to uh, infiltrate, yeah. right? Uh, which I remember you saying you were wildly surprised the way it turned out by the. Well, end that was of one it, of the best games we had. Yeah, and unfortunately that game fell apart. Like, you, and that's like two that's sessions a, later. That's a good point to make because you could not possibly prepare anything in your world in your notes whatsoever. For that, that is has to be player to DM, back to player, back to DM, back to player, back to it. That's the only way that's going to happen. And then that's where the game is happening. But as to what Talantia looks like, what you need to know in terms of NPCs to feel comfortable in your game could change. But yeah, no one. And that's where I think the, the don't overprepare is is a key point is you can't expect to prepare for what the players are going to do. You can prepare the world. You can prepare certain encounters. You can't prepare what they're going to do with that. But I can actually point to the other way to do this, which did cross my mind. So, okay, so you have a party who has decided, so they know they need to, I'd given them at the end of one of the sessions, like three different things they can do. Like here, okay, you can work for the King of Nuscovy, Garland the Just. He's got a bunch of things. He, you know, you, there's a bunch of intelligence to gather. You can go do this. You can go fight the un- undead up here. You can go do this. There was a lot of options. And the players are like, okay, we want to go infiltrate uh, Talantia. Now, how do you want to do it? Well, we're going to, we're going to pretend to be from another kingdom. Like the players kind of came up with that. At that point, a more when I say don't over prepare, the high prep way to do that is to map out Talantia, map out where the customs points and towns are. You maybe don't flush them out too much, but you have in your head, okay, so a customs point kind of has this kind of people at it, you know, because you are like it's kind of like a combination customs point police station. Think like you know East Germany or you know back in the uh, you know back in the eighties or the old 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 Cold War USSR kind of mm. kind of thing, which. Um, we remember it. Perhaps some of our listeners don't. So uh, I don't know. Watch, 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 watch some movies. Uh, <laughs> watch uh, what was it? Reds? No. Uh, <laughs> but 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 there, there was a certain impression I had in my head that okay, I'm going to play it like inspired by that. The high prep way to do it is to map out Talantia, give the players the map, ask them what do they want to do, how are they going to go about this? They're going to try to keep to the woods. You're going to try to just sneak your way through in the main roads. And you kind of map out, okay, so what's going to be at one of these stations and who are the major players who they might run into along the way? Uh, That's the higher prep way to do that. There's value in that. Um, 
when I say, though, don't over prep, it's that you don't have to do all that. What you can just do is, OK, they're going to go in. You ask them, do you keep to the roads or go to the woods? And if they go to the woods, you just improv the woods. And if they keep to the roads, you just improv what they come across on the roads. You know, and that's kind of the improv way to do it. That's the don't over prepare way. And I guess my point's like they're both totally valid. One does yeah. take a lot more time. One has one's arguably higher risk because you got to do a lot more thinking on your feet at the moment. But they both work. And you don't necessarily need the the town map to make the to, to make the players really feel the threat of that infiltration, mm. you know, because at the end of the game, what the players are experiencing isn't necessarily your prep. It's the 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 atmosphere you make at the moment and the conversations you have them have and the way you make them feel about the game that's happening right now. And some DMs, yeah, you know, they're going to prep a lot to make to, to create that atmosphere they want. And other DMs, you know, well, I guess you're just saying, you know, there's another way to do it which is, you know, you just do it, you know, you, you let them run into what they run into and you improv it based on the atmosphere you want to have and based on what you think those, those NPCs are interested in. Um, you know, so it's, it's not that the, the prep's bad or anything. It's just, you know, it's like one of these is like many hours of prep work and another one is like, well, just think about the kind of movie you want this to feel like, you know? Mm. <laughs> and, and I think, I think the movie one's less intimidating than the many hours of prep work, at least for me. I would think that you'd want to play to your style uh, and your audience at the same time if you could do that, if you have enough information about them. If you're a super uh, new DM, then play to the feel that you're trying to put out there and see if you can hook them. Uh, I guess in that, you would have to ask yourself, like, what type of prep would add the most value to all of that? Um, you know, are you going to try to hook them with interesting monster encounters, the lore of the land? Um you're going to try to go after their backstories with something interesting and do something unexpected to them, come out early on the gate or perhaps lay some seeds down the road they could pick up, which will lead to something more interesting. Then I'd give those things the most attention. So that and that way, you know, you're kind of feeding the fires, the, the, taking the low hanging fruits that satisfy both you and the audience most effectively. So. In terms of, of Ginny D's points here, we've talked about kind of we talked a little bit about kind of what she's what she found harmful about this advice, which is that one, it's oversimplified, and two, it's not helpful to tell people that putting work and time into your game isn't worthwhile. Mm. It's not really the goal, but I guess that's you know that's what's internalized though, right? So I can I can definitely see where she's coming with that. What do you think? So then she gave you three more or less three pieces of advice, kind of for okay, how can you how can you prep more effectively and balance this idea of prep versus not prep and, and, and basically prep in a way where it's, where it's going to be more effective. And her advice is by my count, prepare flexibly. So be able to move stuff around, uh, which we have talked about before that you do have to watch out for. If your players catch wind of it, you can get some people who, who get upset about the quantum ogre, the ogre that's in the room. They'll get really, they'll get really upset about it. They'll come for Dave's throat on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We, we, we got, we caught a little heat online for that. I don't really feel like we're visiting a quantum ogre guys. Well, great. Um, uh, the second piece of advice you really gave was plan. You, there are times when you have to plan past player decisions by defining what's important. And here, like what she does and what I do are very similar, I think, because what she recommended and based on a conversation with, with another with another DM. Mark Humes. Say, huh? Mark Humes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Which, again, goes back to my other point. You can see. So she's obviously highly influenced by the critical role crew. She's highly influenced by Mark Humes. Mark Humes is very similar in that way. He's wildly dramatic. Uh, high rollers that 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 show. Uh, they're great, but. That's the style of game he runs. So that's the style of 
uh, game that she's probably running, which does take a different type of preparation. And it's true. And we kind of hit on that a little bit, which is that, you know, this I don't want to say this advice is only good for certain DMs. This is, I mean, her advice is good for for, for kind of any DM. Who no, absolutely. Of absolutely. So, but I do think it's worth noting that, you know, uh, Ginny D and a lot of the YouTube DMs are understandably coming at it from a performance first DM point of view. There is a theatrical aspect to what they're putting on. There is an entertainment aspect to what they're putting on. Now, if you and your friends are getting together in the basement, you can do that. If you're influenced by that, you can absolutely do that. But it's not necessary for that to be central to D&D. You can have a more off the cuff, we're just here riffing and having fun kind of game. You know, and it's more about the possibilities that are, that are uh, how you can run this and make it work and not have it be too much work versus you have to do it this way or that way. There's no mm. right way to DM. I think we prove that with every, every show we have. <laughs> but it's important when you're thinking, when someone's there thinking about, well, do I want to DM or not? Well, making sure they understand that the prep level can be whatever you want it to be, that it can go from, hours of prep to make sure you have every plot hole closed to me opening the book an hour before the game and getting on and just doing the whole thing from the seat of my pants. You can do it all like that. And if there's a difference between having a game or not having a game improv is fine. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, having a game is going to be more fun. You don't need to, you don't need to feel like, you know, you're fighting for ratings. Yeah. That's not really, you know, I don't, I don't think the DM needs to feel that way, but, uh, I digress. I digress a little bit because I do wanted to get to the rest of her advice. And this this part's really good. I thought plan plan past player decisions by defining what's important. And what she gets into is okay. So there's a drug ring. One of the games they have at home, and the players are investigating the drug ring. The DM has no idea how they're going to investigate the drug ring, but he knows what the important part is, like what the end what the end stage is. And the end stage is the players, you know, getting to the guy behind it and having a confrontation with that person. So that part's fixed. You got to prep that. Even I would say, you know, yeah, the guys are going to go into the Malbion. I will definitely have a write-up of the Malbion's the big big sorcerer evil guy in my game, the BBEG. I will have a Malbion write-up. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll figure that out. And that's an, an amount of prep that I'll fit into that, that little bit of time I have. Her point is that's the important part, the end stage or where do they get to having some of the, some of the set pieces they need to run through because that's the structure of this investigation prepping those can be important but how the players get there you don't need to necessarily over prep that because you don't know what they're going to do which gets back to the point dave was making before too which is there's some things you can't prep you know the group going to talantia they didn't know i didn't know how they were going to go about the things they were going to go about i didn't know when they were going to make a role and not make a role so you know it's like i have to be able to handle well you you, you convince the captain you convince the guard captain that you're that, that you are who you say you are or you don't in all that stuff, there's so many variables there that I'm just doing it off the cuff. How they get there is going to be more open, and you can you can basically leave that more to flexibility, more to more to improv, but at the same time have a solid plan for that endpoint they get to. And I think that was a really good point she made. You know, that is prep. That is absolutely prep, and that's worthwhile prep for almost any. You know, you're planning your end scene is going to be valuable for almost every DM, even for me. But you can loosen up around how they get there and let the players get there however they want. And then the third, the third piece of advice she really gave uh, that I took away was, you know, prepare to your comfort level, which we've talked about a little bit here as well. And the idea that the amount of prep that you have fun and are comfortable doing is the amount of prep you need to do, whether someone says it's too much or not enough, doesn't matter. So back in the day when we would run these games and just, you know, a little bit of prep, get the book, blah, blah, blah. That was because it was an extremely uh, far along campaign that was in a very highly developed world, which we played a lot. So if you, I brought you guys to Greyhawk, 
You're like, let me take, I could walk you through Greyhawk right now. I mean, really, like, I'll show you, like, the sites. I'll take you to Greyhawk U, the Greenleaf Inn, <laughs> the Church of Bacop. We'll we'll go all around. You'll get the tour of Italy, except in Greyhawk. And, You're doing the tour of the Star's Homes in Greyhawk. Right? I mean, <laughs> Complete with you know, the, the mayor's box. house, to Morton Canaan's, you know, place. I mean, to Rary, who's not the traitor yet. We, we could do it all. And because there's a lot of NPCs there that are fully developed that practically write their scripts. The NPCs have latched on to who the key uh, NPCs are. They're interesting or I've prepped them with lore. So at that point, all this stuff's ready to go. But that's a very specific situation. And there's other things, yes, like, you know, it's certainly better to run a game. You can get through four hours of a game no matter what. Like, it's going to – this is happening. You're all in the chair and you're there. You know, how how, how the outcome comes out, eh, you know, uh, you, you have to prepare as comfortable as you need to be. And, no, you can't prep for every situation. But, you know, you think, like, we're going to Talantia. How many ways could we have possibly done that? We could try to fight our in. in. That could have been hilarious. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was not – we're going to have to try to sneak it in some way. So, I mean, you got you got some guidelines. That's actually a really – that was a, a great point, Tone, uh, about the, the games back in the day, like the old, you know, 2E games, 1E games, in that you were already playing in a world that you guys had played, you know, four times a week for, you know, four years. Two and a half, you know, right? three years. Whatever, yeah. right? Uh, the prep has been done over, you know, 800 hours. You know, so yeah, that it, it changes what you can what you can do with that, right? Yeah, forget that forty hour uh, video game you had. That's nothing. Yeah, which is very <laughs> different than the the first time DM who sit behind the screen like we were talking about uh, with you know different hacks and like you open the a book and you go okay well what what the hell, how do I start like where am I where do they go like it's different it's just different. So let's get back to that question Tony had asked earlier, which is, you know, if you're a new DM, how do you figure out how much prep is right for you? Well, uh, I, I have to stick with you should prepare. Do you feel comfortable explaining things? So go through the plot. How does this sound? Can I explain this coherently and with a good flow to it without me trying to draw lines on the walls with the string and trying to bring it all together? If you can do that, you have your encounters. Like go through the steps. I have an encounter here. What's in there? Uh, uh, I don't know. Okay, stop. Take a look at that. Do you need the stats? Are these things you can actually fudge? I hate to say it. Play my monsters. I'm like, yeah, it attacks. It does this damage. I mean, really, do I have all the stat block in front of me? I got some ideas. Generally speaking, it depends how important that needs to be. Which is funny because the one thing I will prep is I will have a monster stat block in front of me. I might have a hundred and I just point at one and said that's the one I'm using, but I will have a I will have stat blocks in front of me. I'm not improving de- numbers. <laughs> it, it, it depends. I mean, like you know, if you're really you know run, I started doing Storm King's Thunder. I'm like, oh, let me check what the Goblin's charisma save is. You know what it is? It's bad. Okay, so if the goblin rolls a four, he probably bombed it. Like we don't really need to go to the the booth review up in New York. Uh, I think you need to prepare um, as much as you possibly need to prepare. Uh, it's going to be very different for a new DM, and I think that's what uh, I appreciated with what Ginny was saying on her uh, on her episode, um, because everything is new every we've talked about this before we are steeped in this kind of stuff and in some of the jargon in a way that we don't even know what we 
forgot that we don't know kind of thing, you know, because we you do it for so for so long. Um, where you know somebody cracks over the book and they're still trying to understand well what is armor class exactly right so i remember when i was i when i came back in and i decided to run some pathfinder i took them through the starter adventure and i looked through that book for a while and i highlighted things in the book and i looked at that dungeon i said okay and here and here and i and then I wrote my thing out. I literally wrote it out almost like a script. You know, I had an intro part and it was excessive. But that's what got me to run that game and be able to run it in a way where I felt like I was I was doing it justice, where I was providing an atmosphere for everyone to then come to the table and say, oh, OK, what are we doing here? This is this is because I had new a lot of new players, too, and a new DM all together. And that is where my style from that point on began to little by little morph and change, because every time I ran a game, then I went, oh, I don't need that. OK, I really need this. OK. Oh, I like that. Oh, secrets and clues. Holy shit. Oh, my God. OK, that's my whole that's like first thing. That's first prep thing now, right? There's things. And then every single, I'm still, you guys just, we just did a game in Strahd a week or two ago and I'm going, okay, I need to prep this thing way more. This I could have thrown the hell out. It didn't matter. Constantly, constantly evolving, but you need to prepare as much as you possibly think you need to prepare. There's no such thing when you are first starting as, uh, in my opinion, as over-preparing. You know, I kind of hate that last bit of advice that there's no such thing as over preparing because now well, maybe because what does it mean? You know, what does that mean? Well, 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 what it means is you cannot put too much work into this and too much time into this. And now, okay, yeah, when I was well, you young, really when, I, when I was 16 it'll, and I just got the book for Christmas, much, it'll take as much time as you could possibly want to give it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's the thing. Is it's, it's it, the D D is a bottomless more. mall of time <laughs> consumption. It will take as much time as you put into it, and that's great. But for me, that is the scarier, more open-ended thing of Jesus. How much time am I got to put in this into this if I want to run a game? I actually didn't play. I didn't DM D D for about 12 years. Because well no that's not true it wasn't twelve years about about uh, about nine years actually because there was some overlap but I got a job where I was I was the editor in chief of a magazine it was really bit bu- I was really busy I was working really hard and I simply didn't have the time to do it so I put this on the shelf for you know nine ten years all I did is played in a game Tony at uh, that that Tony ran during that time because I didn't have the time to put in the prep and, and feel invested and do what I wanted to do right. so. I think, you know, that's kind of why I don't like the advice of, and it's actually one of Ginny D's main points here. One, the point she made is that not only is it not helpful to tell people not to over prep, but it's bad to tell people that putting work and time into their games isn't worthwhile. I agree on the surface, but how much work and how much time, uh-huh. and that is in itself a different intimidation factor. You know, if you have a busy life already, that can keep you out of DMing because you're like, well, I got to put all this work in if I want to DM. Again, and that you is know? why many, many, many times when we've said, when we've come around to a, a question of like, what do we say to new DMs about it? That is why some of my first advice ever for that is run something that is already there in front of you. Yeah. Run a beginner adventure. Run a one-shot adventure. Run something of, out of a book of DMs Guild, something from Watsy, the starter set, the essentials, whatever. Pick that up, open it up, run that thing. 
prepare that thing, prepare what you think you need from that because it's already all prepared, then you will get a better sense of, well, I didn't really need that and I don't really care about that and neither did my players. So, okay, next time I want to do this. Now I want to do this. Oh, what if I did this? Oh my God, I could probably play it like this because every single time I'm sitting down, I'm probably experimenting with something. True. True. And every new game I start, I'm I'm like running it differently in terms of how I'm like my DM style. It's still similar, but what, like the way I run the Frostman campaign is way different than I run the Strahd campaign. You know? Well, yeah, I mean the games are interactive, so half of how you're yeah. running it has to do with how the exactly. players want to play it and exactly. what the players are giving you back. Exactly. Um, but I want to like just to get back to the to to to, to that point you made at the end there, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you so so part of what you were saying was you know put as much time into it as you want to put into it. You put as much time into it as it takes for you to feel prepared. I would flip that around. Okay. You know, because you don't have infinite time. No one does. You no. know, maybe you're a little more aware of that when you're a bit older, but believe me, no one has infinite time. <laughs> put as much time into it as you can afford. That's hmm. really what it comes down. When we say, oh, don't overprepare, that's really what we're saying is it's not don't put any time into it. And it's, but at the same time, don't take the attitude of this is going to take me as long as it takes. And I'm going to put all that time in because you, that runs out <laughs> and you stop gaming, mm. put the time into it. You can afford to put into it, whatever, however busy you are, what stage of life it, you're in, you know, what, whatever you have available to you, but then don't feel like you had to put more time into it. Don't feel bad that you only had two hours to prep instead of 12 hours, like you felt like you need it because you know what? All your friends are still getting a game on two hours of prep. And if you don't do that, and if you didn't, if you didn't spend that time, no one's playing. No one's and if no game, one's yeah. playing, everyone loses. That's my, that's, that's my belief at least. So when, so when I talk about, you know, don't over prepare, it's from that point of view, it's, you know, you don't, don't listen to what other people do and feel like you have to do all of that. If you have a half hour to five hours to six hours to 12 hours, whatever, whatever you have is enough. You know, you'll be able to make it work on that amount of prep time. Just, you know, you do have to you know, learn your own style. Now, to get to the, the back back to the to, to the question we were answering, I think if you're a new DM, using book modules is a great place to start. I'd go even a step further. Avoid the big package modules. Mm. I don't think you want I don't you're learning how to play Curse of Strahd <laughs> isn't going to be super helpful for you as a new DM because Curse of Strahd is many, many sessions worth of material. And if you try to eat that elephant, it will crush you. you know, <laughs> what you need to do, what I, what I would advise and what I've done whenever I have started a new system is start with the starter adventure. Start with yep. you know the stuff that comes in the module. When I started with uh, the Magenta box, I played, you know, I ran people through Keep on the Borderlands, which is what was in there. When I started fourth edition, I ran people through the Kobold Dragon Adventure. I think it was in the back of the book. And when I started fifth edition, I broke all those rules and just made my own world because yeah, I do that sometimes. Well, but, it's totally different. That's after <laughs> 30 years. You know, it, it, I mean, it, I had the years of experience to do it. And also I wanted to do my own thing at that point in time. But at the same time, if you're a new DM, start with the small contained starter set. If you start with the small contained starter set, you're going to be able to figure out, okay, this is something I should be able to run in one or two sessions, you know, four to eight hours. Prep it. Read it, read it through, understand what you, what, what's going to have to happen at each step and, you know, kind of understand how more or less how you're going to play the monsters to the best of your ability if you're a new DM. But having that smaller bit lets you focus your attention and get a feel for, OK, what prep do I need and how much do I need to study before I go into the next thing? And I, I would start, it means, and I guess, obviously, you know, I guess there's something obvious about this advice because that's where the starter sets, right? <laughs> Duh, start with the starter set. 
But the advantage of it is by prepping something that is more manageable, you're going to get a better read on what you need to prep and what your style is. Then if you're starting off with one of the big things like Kurt, you know, like, like, like the Tiamat round of adventures or curse. Yeah, no. yeah. You know, it's Definitely. if you're playing, if you're starting off with curse of Strahd, you are starting with the big book. You're, this is not golden books. This is a big thing. And you're going to need, you know, and that's going to give you some, some false reads on how you got to prep. And hey, we've been going on about this for a little while. I think we've hit all of Jeannie's, all of uh, Jeannie's points. And, you know, again, I thought it was a really great video. I just, I feel like we needed to talk something about it because there is that we have at times said, don't over prep and you know what do we mean by that and and i guess you know as we go through we kind of all meant different things so all right guys let's get to what are your final thoughts on is don't over prep terrible advice and have what is the right amount of prep i think you should prep enough where you feel comfortable if you go over how you're going to deliver this game in your mind and you can go through i mean you're not going to commit this to memory Absolutely. I'm not saying that, but if you go through all the big points where you don't need to look through your notes, do you feel comfortable with that? You know where certain things are going to be introduced, where they should happen, and how it should end. And if you can do that, you're probably in good shape. And then if you have more time and you want to circle back around and add some more details, again, try to do a lore drop. Try to do something more interesting with the monsters, spice them up. Try to do something with one of the characters' backstories that's unexpected, but maybe that you thought they were hoping for you to kind of dig out more, then go for it. Yeah, I thought that when she broke it out uh, into the more salient points of it's better advice to say, you know, uh, ideas about railroading, you know, just no matter what you do, this is what's happening type of thing, which I still will make the point that Tony is not railroading players. He is, there are tracks there. I'm but glad there you is, think so. There is a lot of <laughs> stuff that is also happening. But, uh, and then she said, don't waste prep time. And I thought that was better because it goes back to my point that we put on one of the social media posts about one of Tony's latest articles. If you're not enjoying something about prep, right? Ask yourself why you're doing it, because not everything has to like Thor was just saying, not everything has to be in your game. It, this is this is the game you're running. You're not running Matt Mercer's game. You're not running Mark Hume's game. You're not running Ginny's game. You're not running my game or Tony's game or Thorin's game. You're running your game. And they're all completely fucking different. Right. And they all have strengths they all have weaknesses and they all have ways in which you can learn how to how to do better or in getting gain more better said but gain more enjoyment out of the out of the process so as i said prep as much as you think you need to but if you're brand new don't go crazy with thinking i have to create this whole world break open the 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 starter set the beginner box whatever it is for the system you're running and play that for a night see what you think and it's going to give you tons of ideas and it's going to show you what you do need to or what you think you want to prep and what you don't really need to. Yeah, there we go. So uh, for my final thoughts, you know, I just I guess I just kind of come at it at a little bit of a different angle shaped by by, by my early experiences and my experiences playing D&D. And, you know, and that's when, you know, when I say don't over prep, it's not really about railroading. It is about not wasting prep. I actually there's also a point in that video where Ginny D is like, well, they went another way and you, 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 know, you your players said that they were going to get on the, on the ship and you, and you spent the, <laughs> you know, all your prep time figuring out naval combat and how ships. a ship works, going to yeah. give them a good ship trip. And then they decide to teleport across the continent instead. Well, in, in, in response as well, that sucks. <laughs> that just happens. I, 
from my point of view, that's actually a bigger problem for me than it is than it is for Ginny Day for Virginia D. Uh, to me, if I spent that time prepping that naval journey, I'm gonna, you know, it's not that I'm gonna force them into it, but that is wasted time that I probably didn't have. So for me, that's really important that, you know, I'm not wasting time and probably more important to me than it is to Gina D. I'd rather go into a game being like, okay, so they're probably going to do this or they could do this. And just generally in casual time, run through in my head how that might work and sit down and see what they actually want to do. I'm going to do that instead of prepping, you know, what I would consider over prepping, which is prepping something that the players might not even get into. She does bring up the point that, you know, hey, a lot of this prep you can use somewhere else. But I think that particular part's telling, and not all prep can be used somewhere else. Also, the the video doesn't really uh, account for player level, or that, or she can easily level up monsters. She feels very comfortable leveling up monsters on the on the fly, because one of the things I found in D and D is you can use that monster in this tiny window. Like your encounters are usually <laughs> tied to level. Gone. So gone. if they're going to be at that level for two or three games, you have two or three games to use that use that encounter, or that's wasted time, or that's that's a wasted encounter. So. I am more guarded of my time as part of this. And that comes from feeling like that's to me is the more intimidating aspect of, do you want to DM? So, you know, I would just, you know, my, my biggest takeaway is that don't feel like you need to prep to the level everyone else is prepping. Some people have different reasons for prepping that way. We talked about, you know, everyone who's DMing on YouTube is also make, trying to aiming for making this some sort of career mm. money making opportunity. That's great. I love that. We want to do that too, but that's different. You know, like that's a different motivation than you just want to sit down and have a good time with your friends and recognize that, you know, yeah. Can you be, can you put on a better, more professional DM, you know, D and D game if you spend 20 hours prepping for it? Absolutely. If you've got half an hour to prep for the game and you can put on a good game for you and your friends, you can all still have a really good time. That's what I mean by don't over prep. You know, don't give it the time. You don't have to give it the time. It looks like everyone else is giving it. You can just give it the time that you have to give it mm. and, and roll with it from there. And, you know, as far as what do you actually need to prep with that? Um, you know, you're the improvers guide to uh, <laughs> the, the quick and dirty improvers guide to, to prepping for a game. You probably want to know in general what are the options the players can go through. You're going to want to know what monsters or enemies or NPCs you're going to want to throw in there, which is more or less to me just a matter of flipping through the monster manual and finding stuff that's kind of at the level that either they can con that either that they can fight, or if it's an NPC, I don't want them to fight a level they can't fight. You know, just 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 that's just flipping through the book and finding who you want to play with and kind of going well. I feel like I feel like they win werewolves today, and that's really and then okay. So under and also have in mind well where are they going? Where are they going to end up? You know, if you know what they're if you if you can sketch out just in your head, all right, this is generally where they are and what and what they might want to do. These are more or less the monsters and NPCs and in and, and conflicting parties they have around. And this is kind of where I want to wind up tonight. That's all the prep you really need. Now, so all that stuff could take a lot of time or it could take very little time, depending on how much you want to prep it. And that's where not don't over prep comes from, at least from my point of view. You know, keep it manageable to you in what you can fit in your life because it's better to have a game on an hour's prep than to have no game because the DM can prep for eight hours. Yeah. Well right. said. Thank you. And yeah, yeah, well said too. I think one of the things I think we do on the show well is just show that there's different ways to go about this. You know, I mean, there's, you know, we have a high prep, uh, basically. Okay. So it's, it's maybe two high prep DMs and one improv DM. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think on the preparation scale, Dave is closer to Tony than he is to me. Although, like you said, we kind of all mix it up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. No, it's definitely morphed. And I love, like I said earlier, I love the 
it's what we've been doing on the show is what I see happening in the community, which is starting some conversations and breaking these yeah. things out because, you know, simplified bumper sticker slogans uh, don't really answer the questions that, that, you, that you need, you know? Yeah, well said. All right, guys. Thanks for doing another show. Hope this didn't take you too much prep time. Uh-huh. And thank you all for listening at home. This has been another episode of Three Wise DMs. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star rating on your podcast platform. And if you want to hear us talk about your question, not everything we do comes from YouTube and Twitter conversations. We cover a lot of questions that our listeners ask, and we would love to cover your question, too, if you have anything you'd like to hear us talk about. Go to our website, threewisedms.com, put it in the what's your problem field, or you can email to us at threewisedms at gmail.com, or you can talk to us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're active in all those platforms, and we're always looking for ways we can help our listeners just talk through and think through their problem. And that's it for this week. We'll talk to you next time on Three Wise DMs. Mm-hmm.